Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So before we start the show today, (laughs) we have to laugh. Come on, everybody. Today is the day that we get to laugh at the mainstream media. Okay, so this morning I ran an article about an ABC World News Tonight report yesterday, and I put it out there demonstrating just how fake the news is. And I got a call from some intern at ABC telling me that I must take this article down. And at the time when they called me, I thought it was someone else because it came in on a scrambled number. And I was making coffee and I said, are you going to call Jim Hoff? Because I'm pretty sure he saw my article and posted that too. And I know that Zero Hedge is working on it as well. And it's all over Twitter. So are you going to call every single person and you better take it down? (laughs) (laughs) disconnected. And guess what ABC did? They removed the video from YouTube uh, because they were caught. They were caught red-handed lying to the world. They were caught red-handed, and I'm pretty sure that there's global media right now that has played that video clip, that has told the world that this is how the war is happening. And it's like, No one is getting the news the way I'm giving it to you guys in regards to Turkey and Syria. Everyone is giving you rubbish. Everyone is giving you the version they believe that you can digest. And, you know, I get it because this is a really hard dynamic to digest. The dynamics of the Middle East is very difficult to digest, uh, especially if you want to remain neutral, right? Because even though I support my president's agenda, It doesn't matter. Even if he wasn't president, the dynamics and what I'm reporting on is still the same. I already told you the Kurds are going to side with the Syrians. I already told you that Russia is going to help deal with this. And I am right 100% because I know that area well. All these other people are just getting talking points and providing you information that they believe you can digest. Okay, that's the thing. So what ABC did yesterday was to make the president own the Syrian slaughter, apparently. Right. And they were showing footage of explosions and whatnot that weren't even theirs. They're from like, you know, Knob Creek in Kentucky, like a firing range. Come on, you guys. Like, this is just how bad it is. And the thing is, how did we know this? Well, Because people within the organizations themselves are fed up with it. They're completely fed up with it. And no matter how you look at it, it it is what it is. They're lying. They're propaganda. And, you know, it's really important that we have this awareness and that we understand, you know, what they've done. You know, they called me and told me that I need to take it down. They privatized it now You know, they made a statement. Let me read it out to you. After they've privatized it, correction, we've taken down the video that aired on World News Tonight Sunday and Good Morning America. This morning, it appeared to be from a Syrian border immediately after questions were raised about its accuracy. Uh, You know, we regret that this was done in error. No, you don't. You called me and tried to bully me. 
You tried to bully me to take it down. You thought I was the only person that was doing it. You thought it was no big deal. It wasn't until I tagged him on Facebook, tagged him on Twitter, until, you know, other news outlets that have a bigger following redid my report. I mean, I already had this out from the evening. I was putting it together. My editor ran through it early this morning, and I finally, you know, after I got my coffee and did the school run, I ran it. And that's the way it is. They don't like people calling them out for what they do. That is the bottom line. They're liars. They're cheaters. And, you know, that's it. I mean, they're sitting there saying sorry that it aired. No, you're not. You're sorry you got caught. Because... They called me and told me to take my article down. They called me and I was so nonchalant. (laughs) You guys, I can't even believe I was so like, because I get calls like this all the time. When I published my, uh, you know, uh, Epstein article, we got cease and desist letters to take people's names off at the radio station. I got phone calls galore uh, to remove names and pictures of people. I'm surprised Fox didn't call me to take Rupert Murdoch's picture off of there. And if any of you think Shep Smith left because he was upset, you're wrong. You have to remember that William Barr met with Rupert Murdoch. There are a lot of people, a lot of people involved in Epstein. See, with all this distraction of war and this and that, we all forget about Epstein, right? Unseal Epstein. Let's get this going, right? This is where it's at. These satanic, nefarious, disgusting people that use children for their satanic, carnal, and organ trafficking needs. They're all going down in the nicest ball of flames possible. And that deserves a good, strong laugh yes or no i mean let's just laugh a little bit life is so much better when we laugh let's listen to these people laugh really in a good mood. We've got Project Veritas coming now. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be really exciting, actually. It should be really, really exciting uh, to see what is going to happen on that front. I believe that Brian Stetler is in the crosshairs. I haven't even messed with that at all or asked any questions or, you know, asked anyone to, uh, you know, tell me anything. I was just like, I know that they did a great job uh, we have people everywhere, everywhere, okay, everywhere. And this ABC issue was brought to my attention when I was contacted by their own people. See, they can't even afford producers. And in my article, I urge you to go and see the movie. Rent it out. It's a 90s film called Wag the Dog. It was one of my favorites. One of my favorite. Now, um, James O'Keefe is saying that they're uploading the exposed CNN series. It's launching within minutes. Uh, YouTube is rendering it. Um, and it should be up. Uh, part one should be up in no time flat. 
I think we want to listen to that live. I think all of us want to listen to that live uh, because it's really important that we, um, you know, we see it. We we observe and, uh, you know, that we actually get to revel in the fact that we got them because they constantly think that they've got us. They constantly think they have control. They have no control. We are in control. We are many. They are few. I've said this so many times. And if people actually understood now in Asheville, the-, the, the, the gravity of that statement, uh, you know, you would see just how much power we have. And this is why they're so vicious. Uh, they are insanely upset as to the fact that we have gotten power back, that we are in control now. And that we, you know, dictate. They no longer dictate. They can no longer tell us what is and isn't going to happen. They can't. They're done. They're finished. Take a listen to this short clip from James O'Keefe and what he's telling the world. The uh, video right now, at least the first two minutes of the YouTube export uh, footage of multiple CNN staffers, executives, and Jeff Zucker from one of his many editorial meetings It'll be up in a few minutes. We're working on it right now with Eric. We're trying to get it up, so stay tuned. It's hashtag expose CNN. This is going to be good. Who's excited? I'm excited. We exposed ABC this morning, and all they can say is, oh, you know, uh, it's not our fault, and we made a mistake. No, you didn't. You were enjoying the fact that... Um, you know, this was happening. You were enjoying it. Uh, so no, not, not, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. We got this. We got this. We're going to expose them because why, why are we exposing them now? Think about it. Remember on Saturday, we're having one of the biggest, most violent occupations of New York and LA. Antifa that has been training viciously is now going to be out on the news, basically. That's basically what's happening, right, guys? You understand that. That this is the, this is why they're this is why we're exposing them. Because what they're gonna do is they are we have the IG dropping, right? The IG report. We have all these things coming down the pipeline and they are petrified. And what they're doing is they're trying to spin the story. They're trying to fix the story. They're trying to make it their own and they can't because we're in charge. So what we do is we're warning everyone. We are warning everyone that they are fake news. Don't listen to them. We've got this. Pay attention here. This IG report, they're lying to you. This report, they're lying to you. We're telling you the truth. Listen to the facts. This is why it came out now. This is why it came out now. This is why we're getting on them for what they've been doing. It's all about the right timing to get the fake news done. So after, um, you know, that the escalated, <laughs> pretty much escalated real quick, you know, the, hey, you need to take that down. It's like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, they've taken it down. We've got the first video of um, 
Project Veritas uh, up and ready. And it is going to be insane. Today, you guys, I'm going to explain to you Syria, the Kurds, Russia, all over again. Most of you that have been listening for the past year where I've been talking about this and and warning you about this, that this is happening, uh, will understand it better. Uh, But those of you that are new to the show, uh, I urge you to revisit um, old uh, videos, videos, uploads that I have. I um, upload my show. And um, that way you can uh, have a better idea of the dynamic. You know what's really cool is that now the European has to, the Union has to take a position because they're pushing the same fake news. And it's obvious that President Trump doesn't care about their fake news. You could say what you want. We're letting them deal with it. The thing is that this is the only way that you can get rid of an enemy is by allowing the enemy to pull their own pants down. And be isolated. And, you know, I had this conversation over the weekend with a couple people. And the ultimate end game here is that, you know, Turkey is made up of many countries. There, there was no real nation of Turkey um, before 1821. There was no real nation of Turkey. So part of Turkey is Greece. A third, that's about a third of it. Remember, Troy is Greek, ancient Greek history, part of Greece. But obviously, like I told you, they were slaves to the Turks for 400 years, from 1421 to 1821. And uh, that came on the heels of the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, You know, after they got tired of the Muslims, uh, you know, they wanted to send them back into the bowels of the Middle East. Um, And some of them resided in Turkey because they maintained that foothold uh, because they were so uh, large, you know, uh, from Mongols, from Indians, from Arabs, from Africans, that it all kind of sequestered and pooled in that area, that that uh, bridge that you would say to the three continents. And um, uh, they are made up of Armenia. That's another third of that nation is Armenian. And the remaining third is Russian and Kurdish that claim territory. Okay. So when Russia comes down from the north, and annihilates Turkey, there will be no Turkey. Borders are being redrawn. The Kurds are fighting for their land. The Russians, they just want that front back. They want that waterfront back. They want that hold again. The Greeks, they want Troy. They want Constantinople, which they changed into Istanbul. It was the most epic city for the Greeks, and it was the center of Christianity because they built St. Sophia, Hagia Sophia, that Erdogan decided to take one of the most oldest, most intricate, most prized possessions of the Christian church and and make it into a place of worship for Muslims. I mean, there's no worse slap in the face for anyone at that point. You know, they they sold uh, ancient relics from Greece and from Armenia to other nations. And those nations are like, hey, give them back. And they're like, no, we bought them fair and square from the Turks. This is how it's going to end. Whenever you're a bully, whenever you take things and cause issues in innocent children, I'm going to annotate the children part, it never comes to any good for you. And your demise is only a matter of time. 
And we see this because it'll be at one point that there will be one man or one woman that will stand up and say, oh, no, not on my watch. I'm sorry. And that empowers everyone else. That is the righteous type of leader. Leaders that help prop people up, not tell them to follow, but say, walk with me. And at this point of time, all of us are seeing this, not only in our nation, but across the globe, that people want to walk with their leaders. They don't want to follow them anymore. They want to talk with their leaders. They don't want to be talked to anymore. You know, today is Columbus Day, right? I remember when it used to be a holiday. It's no longer a holiday. It is no longer a holiday. Not a holiday. Not at all. It's now Indigenous Day because Columbus was a bad guy. A lot of people were bad guys. A lot of people were bad guys in the eyes of today. Your eyes today in 2019 can villainize Napoleon, can villainize Joan of Arc, can villainize everybody and their mother because we are different as social creatures and what we find acceptable. We can villainize everyone. But Columbus did come out here and he was celebrated as the founder of this place, even though I know that there's people that came before him. That was the tradition. They are rewriting history and we're allowing them to do it. I remember when we didn't have school on Columbus Day. At least New York had a parade about it. Columbus Day. What happened? I remember when it was a holiday. Now it's no longer a holiday. We're supposed to take the walk of shame. You can't be ashamed for mistakes made because those mistakes always give something good, regardless of how bad you see the mistake. You know, you make a mistake today, 10 years from now, you're like, boy, if I hadn't made that mistake, this wouldn't have happened. If I hadn't been, you know, accidentally taken the wrong train, I wouldn't have met this person. And, you know, they're my best friend. If I hadn't made a mistake and done this, I wouldn't be who I am today. I've said it before. All our mistakes should be worn as badges. All of them. And the bottom line is, If we don't wear them as badges, if we don't put them on our chest with pride, instead we bury them and hide them, what does that say about our future if we refuse to acknowledge and accept our past? It says that we're losers and we're worthy of nothing. Now, everyone's really upset about some video that was played uh, during um, uh, the the event that just happened this weekend. Uh, You know... I don't know. I mean, they didn't even get upset about, you know, Kathy Griffin at all. They didn't get upset about the play that they did, you know, purporting to assassinate our president. But this one was the problem. Totally, totally weird. Totally weird. Um, I want to play for you fake news that is unfortunately unable to give you fake news and they have to tell you the real news. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to play that, uh, for a second, uh, about Merkel and what she told, you know, should I start on the Turkey thing? You guys, should we do this? I think we should do this. We could do project Veritas later. I want you guys to listen to sky news and how they're telling you about the battle rages for key Syrian border town. Listen, It's being taken by force, but not without a fight. 
The town of Ras al-Ain looks set to be the first big gain of Turkey's offensive into Syria. On the 12th of October, we entered the town of Ras al-Ain. We are on the outskirts. The fighter who took this video is a member of a Syrian rebel group. They're working with Ankara to push a US-backed Kurdish militia out of town. But these aren't the actions of a disciplined army. An ugly show of contempt for their foe amid warnings about ethnic cleansing. From a hilltop overlooking Ras al-Ain from the Turkish side, we watch the bombardment. It's hard to believe a week ago, a group of US Special Forces was on the ground here. President Trump ordered their pullout, making way for the Turkish invasion. But hundreds more troops in other areas, partnered with the Kurds, remain in harm's way. On Thursday night came the news a US position had come under Turkish artillery fire. To avoid this kind of incident, Turkey has been telling the US-led coalition in Syria where it's going to strike. It's also aware of the location of all US, British and other special forces still in this region. However, a coalition source told me that soldiers on the ground are describing the Turks as non-compliant. Turkey denies targeting a US outpost, but it's hard to overstate the gravity of American forces coming under fire from a NATO ally. Okay, guys, there are no Americans there. Didn't the president tell us this? So then why are they purporting that they're hitting U.S. posts? Why are they purporting this? That's what you need to ask yourself. This is what's incredible. They're lying. They know they're lying and they don't care. What we need to do is listen to our president and what he tells us. Turkey wants to invade. Turkey wants the land, and it's not going to happen. We're letting them show their aggressive side. We're letting them do this because in the end, the EU owns this. The EU wants them to be part of the EU, right? They have them throughout the European commercial, right, group and conglomerate. They've allowed them to illegally drill oil in Greece and Cyprus's waters, didn't they? They've just like, we're going to sanction you. Don't be bad. And they're letting them do as they wish. Now, on a global front, we will let them be who they truly are to show the world their true colors. And, you know, what's really interesting is I always said Russia's going to help. And of course they are. They have TARDIS, right? They have their base. They're not going to give that up. They've got a mutual defense agreement with Syria. They're not going to give that up. And Syria, and I guarantee you, Assad has no problem in providing territory, uh, you know, on the eastern part for the Kurds in, 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 in exchange for their assistance. And I said this, they're all going to work together and boom, lo and behold, that's exactly what's happening. The Kurds, the ones that fought for us, the ones like the president and Pompeo said, and I've told you many times before, they're not fighting because they're, they want to, or they're good Samaritans. They're fighting for their land. And you're going to say, but there's no Kurdistan, but they've been promised a Kurdistan and they will have a Kurdistan. I said that by 2020, we will have the redrawing of borders by the end of 2020. Watch it happen. Ankara appears set on finishing its mission, despite calls from world leaders to stop. We want to live in peace and security with the people in this region after having cleansed the border from terrorists. It's not just Britain and the US who think Turkey is wrong. Russia's president too is unhappy. 
Everyone who is illegitimately on the territory of any state, in this case the Syrian Arab Republic, must leave this territory. This applies to all states. And then there is the Islamic State. Women linked to IS attack guards at this Syrian camp. In this complex war zone, it's the Kurds who've been left in charge of IS suspects. But Turkey's assault has prompted some to leave their post and join the fight. An unintended consequence could be a revival of the terrorist group's fortunes. Deborah Haynes, Sky News, Jalampina, on the Turkey-Syria border. All right, so this is what Sky News says. I want you to listen to France. They just, uh, France 24, they just published one. Can the Kurdish forces fight back? That's where we're going to start off um, right after this short break. Uh, like I said, it's pretty incredible. The amount of disinformation that they produce and push uh, to the people. And, you know, they're pretty much sitting on their hands. It's time that the European Union take a side. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam sounds great right even better your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease if you're a u.s citizen between 50 and 80 you can get life insurance guaranteed it's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So like I said in the previous uh, hour, uh, we have a, you know, the mainstream media is getting crushed today. Crushed. ABC had to wear an egg on their face because they were called out. They even played it on Good Morning America. So all those dumb housewives and house hubbies and soy boys and basement dwellers are watching it. They got egg on their face. They got to own it now. They had to tweet it out, and they tried to bully me to take down my article. Wrong person to bully, man. I don't take to that. And so now what I want you to see is just how fake the news is. We heard Sky News talking about this war and how, you know, Turkey's aggressive. And President Trump is not going to talk bad talk about a NATO ally. They are. They want him to own this, and he's not owning it. And now they have to own it. Listen to what France 24, which is French state-owned media, says about this. That they will do everything they can to defend themselves. But how much of a fight can they put up against the Turkish troops, given that we have some numbers here, roughly five to 10,000 of them that had amassed on the border with Syria? Well, the thing is, what's going to make a very big difference, obviously, is the equipment of the Turkish army. But I've, I'd like to show you a map, because I always understand things much better with a map. So we have a map of this northern region of uh, Syria. And uh, indeed, You've got to understand what's at stake for the Kurds. The Kurds have been fighting this war against ISIS uh, as a partner to uh, the international. Uh... I just want to say, for those of you that, that don't understand, I'm just going to go by this. I always told you that um, Aleppo and Idlib are really, really important places. Now, what Turkey did last year... Um, aside from the SDF taking the whole northeastern portion of Syria over, right? Raqqa, Al-Hol, um, you know, and they all derive from that border buffer zone in Turkey of Tel Abayad and Rasalin. Um, Aleppo was take, is, is at the hands of the Syrian government of Assad, who the media, who's so fake, is, is, is demonizing to you. So remember this. They're telling you that he's evil. Idlib, like I said, is the primary goal here that we have a problem with. And France has labeled the area of Idlib as taken over by Syrian rebels. Are you listening? Syrian rebels means that they have infiltrated that area and flanking it, just so you know, is the Turkish army and, air quote, allies, right, allies, and the SDF. So... What people need to understand is, is that they want to take over Idlib. That was always the case. This is why when they entered into Idlib territory, Russia hit their envoy. Nobody talked about that, right? Russia was like, yeah, we hit them. Everybody else didn't even report that. The mainstream media, the way, the way they work is that they push propaganda. They tell you what you need to believe because they said so. Okay, they said so. So you need to fall in line and listen to them. And they omit things. You know, they're it's like Hunter Biden, for example. Ha, look, Hunter becoming the hunted. That is exactly what's happening. Red October sounds awesome. Delayed? Not really. Did you know about it? Told you about it. Everybody knew about this. We knew this from the day he swore in. We knew how it is. It's like I wrote this playbook. 
because it is so mathematically accurate. The minute you understand how this globalist cabal, those people that want to chip each and every one of you, those people that want to make every man, woman, and child their slave operate in the same method as they always had. Only thing here is that we have the injection of technology and the evolution of us as human beings in a society. And see, I've said this before, whenever I predict, you know, who knows, I may be a time traveler, right? But when I predict the future, um, not like a psychic, but through mathematical equations, I've always said, you can never treat human nature as a variable factor or as something absolute. Maybe treating it as a node and the way I've been doing it has been giving me great results. I mean, the end of the day, I could wear a turban and sit by a crystal ball and I could actually make money off of this because it's so accurate. Because once you understand that human nature has so many variables affecting it, right, affecting it, then you can understand just how non-predictable it is. So all you have to do is what is how I solve these questions that I have is what is the least probable thing that can happen based on all of these variables. And once I know what's least probable, I can then focus on everything else and determine, you know, by what is it called? Uh, process of elimination that they used to tell us as kids when we used to take a test. It's kind of like that. So Italy right now, the European Union and France are labeling as a Syrian rebel, rebel hold. Listen to what he says. A coalition against the Islamic State for years now. They've had heavy losses. And indeed, in the course of this, they have, ma- they have managed to take control of a very large part of Syria. Basically, uh, all this piece in yellow you see here. Now, the problem for the Kurds is that what the, Syri- what the Turks are wanting to do, which is create this buffer zone here up north, this is something that Recep Tayyip Erdogan has been wanting to do for a very long time. But you see, all the main cities in Syrian Kurdistan are in the red here. If it were, you know, France, for example, it would be as if you'd say, right, I'm just going to have a security zone that includes Paris, Lyon, Marseille and Bordeaux. If it's with the United States, it would be like saying, right, I'm going to cut a slice along the East Coast in which you will have Washington and New York. The Kurds, basically, if they lose that piece of land, will have nothing left. All they'll have is a large piece of desert. Now, there are cities a little bit lower, but what we're looking at here is mass exodus, should the Turks really move in strongly, to the south towards desert. And there, what you would have is potential large camps. Now, this has already happened once earlier. This was the Turkish operation called Olive Branch. And this was over here to the western side of the border. Uh, It's that piece that you can see here, which is turquoise. This is controlled now by uh, the Turkish army and its allies. And that includes also some, you know, jihadi groups. The city there, the main city there is called... Wait, did you hear what he what he said? He just slipped that in. Turkey and its allies, and it has some jihadi groups. Did you hear that? I just want you to hear how they're telling you the truth. So, yeah, yeah, we kind of told you the truth, but we just slipped in it in there. Right? Some jihadi groups are helping. They're right above Aleppo. They're closing in for Idlib. Listen. Afrin. And indeed, when Afrin fell... You know, the, the Americans did not move. The reason for that is that there was a kind of a gentleman's agreement, if you will, that this line here between the pink and the yellow, in fact, is the Euphrates River. And 
basically the idea was that the Kurds and the backed by the U.S. controlled everything northeast of the Euphrates River, and basically the regime controlled what was on the other side, the regime, the Russians, and the Iranians. So, indeed, Turkey managed to take this part. But he- Okay, he called them Iranians and he meant to say Syrians. The guy has no idea what he's talking about. But we're going to take a hiatus from this because we got the Project Veritas video. And we're going to play this right now live as it's become uh, – as it's come to us. I am so excited to hear this and to see this. And I will tell you what I see for those of you that are calling in through your phones and aren't online. You get to hear it here and we'll talk about this. This is part one, okay? Part one. Take a listen. There we go. Okay, let's start with Washington, please. That's Jeff Zucker saying, I don't care about the MSNBC event, okay? I don't care about them. Let's just stay very focused on impeachment. Wow, this was released like a couple minutes ago, and it's already had like 122,000 views. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is crazy. Super crazy. And it's, is Twitter throttling it? Hold on. I think they are. Let me see if YouTube is removing it too. This will be interesting to see. Twitter just throttled it. Come on. There we go. Let's start with Washington. I don't care about the MSNBC event. I don't care about them. Let's just stay very focused on impeachment. Uh, my name is Kerry Porch. I'm a satellite uplink technician. I'm a contractor at the CNN Washington, D.C. Bureau. But Jeff Zucker, yeah, basically president of CNN, has a personal vendetta against Trump. It's not going to be positive for Trump. He hates it. He's going to be negative. Uh, I decided to wear a hidden camera. I decided to secretly record the 9 a.m. rundown call meetings, and it's basically run by Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN. We're moving towards uh, 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 impeachment. I mean, don't, like, you know, we shouldn't pretend, oh, this is going one way, and, and so all these moves uh, are moves towards uh when I came to work at CNN, I mean, it was my dream job. And that dream actually just turned into a nightmare. So I, I just want to say on the Lindsey Graham front, I know that there's a lot of people at CNN that are friendly with Lindsey Graham. Time to knock that off. And it's time to call him out. And I think what's going on in America now is really fundamentally uh, the result of years uh, of um, fake news, conspiracy, uh, nonsense from fake out from Fox he was calling Fox News fake news and a propaganda machine. And with what I saw, I'm like, that's pretty much what CNN was. <laughs> like, it's just pumping out propaganda. Uh, the, the, the fake conspiracy nonsense that uh, Fox has spread for years uh, is now deeply embedded in American society. Uh, and frankly, that is beyond destructive to America. And I do not think we should be uh, scared to, to say so. I just wanted to own where they're at. Like, hey, if we if we only left, cool. Let's just 
say we lean left. If we lean right, let it be known. But I, again, it just dovetails back to that thing. I just want people to have the information to make up their own minds. So basically, what Jeff Zuck is saying is that everybody else, that's that Fox was fake news, and that um, CNN is real news. When all they wanted was to push ahead into uh, making it seem impeachment, impeachment, and calling out Lindsey Graham. Yeah, call him out, dude. I want you to. I want you to call him out and say how he's part of that, you know, group of yours. And suddenly he's flipped on you because he doesn't want to be part of it anymore because he's got family to think of because he's already got one foot in the grave. The minute we hit 65, we've got that one foot in there. And at, it's at that point that you realize that if you have family, you want them to be safe. And if you want to save your name, not to be known as a corrupt clown, because everyone's going down. Paul Ryan's going down. Again, let's pay attention to how all the promotional videos say Trump 2020. They don't refer to the second name, which is on a very, very short leash. They don't want their names tainted. They want to say, well, I came in with good intentions. It's not like I want... I wanted to wake up and say, I want to defraud the people of America. This is why I took office. It's not like I want this to be my legacy. This is, this is exactly what is happening here. And so I want them to call Lindsey Graham out. I want them to say how he sat with them. I want them to say how he's a McCainer type, you know, Republican because that's just a Democrat in a red coat. We need to have this out there. We need to have it open, out in the open, completely out in the open. Now, um, Nicholas Kristoff tweeted out that he's going to be interviewing Adam Schiff uh, in the evening. And he's asking people to um, ask questions, like, what questions do you have? The one thing that bounced out to me is from Yad del Baghdadi. Right. Saying Trump's call records with MBS that were also stashed into that secret server, whether Congress will try to get them. And if so, whether they will be made available to the public. Yeah, the Qataris are on full ride ahead, full ride ahead, full ride ahead. It's not happening, dude. You don't get presidential records. If you get presidential records, we get Obama's records. That's all we need is Obama's records. That is all we need. So the fake news is crumbling. I want you guys to listen to this guy that called the Syrians Iraqis and take a listen to his explanation of can the Kurdish forces fight back? We're, we're hopping back to Syria. So we got that out of our system. We saw that there's a good whistleblower. He was a contractor. Great guy. Sat there for months quietly, which is perfect. Now what I want you to listen to is what they're telling you about Syria. Here, it's a different game. But by moving out, indeed, uh, the U.S. are leaving the Kurds. You know, they're hanging them out to dry. And for having seen the Kurds fight, they're very good. They're very brave on the ground, but they do not have equipment. For example, they retook Raqqa. I, did, I went for France Benquette to the Battle of Raqqa. They were using homemade armored vehicles. Now, they had a few armored vehicles that were given by the U.S., but they were relying heavily on airstrikes, all the air power from the U.S., drone strikes, 
helicopters, special forces, you know, U.S., uh, French, uh, British, etc. They were relying on all that to manage to make advances against the Islamic State group. And you can't compare the Islamic State group's military tactics with Turkey. Turkey is a modern, fully-fledged army. So it's impossible for them to resist. Let's face it, that's a fact. James, speaking of the Islamic State group, we've just had news come in from Germany saying that they fear that this offensive by Turkey could uh, essentially provoke or give space to the Islamic State group to reemerge again. We know that they made immense territorial losses. They were defeated. <coughs> is that possible? Well, I'm afraid it is. It is very much, you know... It's, it's a power it, vacuum, certainly. It's going to, it's, it is what's going to happen. As I told you, this, this piece of territory here is, ex, you know, is existential to Syria and Kurdistan. So what the Kurds are going to do is that they are also controlling, you know, in this map, all this southern part, right? Even Raqqa. Raqqa is an Arab Sunni city. It is basically not natural terrain for the Kurds. And just to put things really clearly, you have attacks on a daily basis in Raqqa. People coming out of nowhere with Kalashnikovs firing at Kurdish, you know, uh, militiamen holding neighborhoods, etc. You have bombs that go off on a daily basis in Raqqa. And for the moment, it's extremely difficult to assert control on Raqqa. Raqqa, once again, is not natural terrain for the Kurds. It is not their homeland. So what they will probably do, and this is what they've been threatening to do all along... It's basically move their forces up north. They're not that interested in controlling Raqqa. The minute the Kurds leave Raqqa, Raqqa falls back into the hands of, you know, the Islamic State or a milder version of it or a tougher version of it, nobody knows. All the political problems in Raqqa are still there. What caused the emergence of the Islamic State is still there. You still have disgruntled Sunni communities that are marginalized and who are now living in a totally destroyed city. So the potential for violence here is immense. And you can go down here along the Euphrates River, you get to Deir Ezzor region. That's exactly the same. When I visited that at the end of 2018, and they were retaking it, they were having a tough time with the population simply because there's, you know, people look at each other. The, 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 the population is majorly Sunni. A lot of these people were anyway suspected by the Kurds of having helped the Islamic State group. The fact of the matter is... They did. So it's very difficult for them to keep control there. And if they move up, well, Islamic State will most certainly come back and come back into that vacuum. No, the Islamic State is Turkey. That's why it's going to come back to it. People just aren't telling people the truth. Now, here's where it's funny. Here's where we have Merkel today coming out and telling Erdogan's Turkey's offensive in Syria must end. Spoke to President Erdogan for an hour today. Turkey does, of course, have justified security interest, but I believe, as does the federal government, that the offensive must be stopped in view of the grave humanitarian consequences. DW reporter William Noah Glucroft joining me now in studio, and William has more on this. Now, look, Chancellor Merkel is known to be cautious when it comes to getting involved in any sort of international uh, conflicts. What do you make of this phone call? Cautious is, to put it mildly, I mean, Angela Merkel has been in power for almost 15 years there's almost no examples of her taking a leading or proactive role, especially when it comes to foreign policy, especially when it comes to military policy. Not only Angela Merkel, but Germany as a country does not tell other countries what to do, given its history of occupying other countries. And yet this phone call. And yet this phone call. So this is 
incredible. And on top of that, the threat that Germany faces of, uh, from Turkey, of the refugees that Turkey is keeping there as part of an EU-Turkey deal, and that Angela Merkel still makes this phone call despite the risks, the political and just PR risks of how it looks, is, is really can't be understated. Now, we should mention, apparently, this phone call was requested by Erdogan himself, but, but Merkel is saying these things on that phone call. Now, before that phone call, Germany and other countries had also announced that they would halt an, uh, weapons exports to Turkey. <laughs> okay, guys, this is hilarious. So Merkel's in France right now. Macron and, and Merkel are like, crap. Trump just left us with this, and we look like tools and clowns. We got to fix this. We got to fix this now. And it's like, how are you going to fix it? You can't. You created this. It's yours. You own it. Your problem. And they are so livid right now because I've already told you that Turkey – is their only source for energy. So how do you tell the, ga the gas company and the electric company that they need to stop doing what they're doing when you know they could just flip a switch and you got no power? When you know that they can flip a switch and in the dead of the winter, you've got sticks that you need to be lighting in the middle of your living room to stay warm. Like, how are they going to do that? <laughs> they can't. And that's the glorious part of it. You don't see it. You, you see, well, you do because you're listening to the Tory Says show. And so this is what's funny that they're like, we're going to, and it's like, mm, they're like, oh, it's political, this, political. no, it's that it's winter and they're going to have to light fires in their living room because Turkey has full control of everything and they know it. Turkey knows it. You know it. I know it. Of course, President Trump knows it. It's all coming down to here. Listen to this excuse quick. Here's how President Erdogan responded today. Take a listen. Despite the fact that we've been saying this for months, there are those who threaten us with economic sanctions and arms embargoes. U.S. Those who think they will turn Turkey away from its path have been mistaken and are mistaken. There you go. Well, William, the Netherlands, France, Norway, Germany and others, they've, they've also announced an end to weapons exports to Turkey. Yet all of those countries, interestingly, they're NATO allies. I mean, they're supposed to be working together, right? NATO allies, but also EU members. Sweden and NATO partner, not a member, but a NATO partner. They've also called for a common EU response. It's fascinating to see what's happening now. Turkey, we cannot state this enough, is a NATO. Isn't this glorious? Like President Trump just set the biggest freaking fire under the feet of the globalist elite cabal center, literally torched them. And now they're just like, well, what do we do? Do we not have power? We're not going to send them weapons. It's not like you're sending them weapons anyway. They don't get your weapons. They have Chinese weapons. They have Russian weapons. And the thing is, Russia gave them the weapons. Russia definitely knows how to take them down with their weapons. So this is where we're at, you guys. This is how you win. This is checkmate. This is checkmate. This is awesome. This is like super 300D chess. This is how you get them where they, and I said November last year, this is exactly what's going to happen. They're either going to get kicked out of NATO or we're just going to pull out and say, well, you know, since you're not doing anything about this and NATO is supporting this kind of behavior, we're going to have to step aside. I'm sorry, because we're going to support uh, the people that are fighting to save lives. We don't like genocides. 
we don't accept genocide. This is the best thing ever. What you are witnessing is the topple of something of the most nefarious type of Roman Empire, which is the globalist elite cabal. And what the president did was literally put fire starters under their feet, said, listen, man, don't make me throw this match. Don't make me throw the match. He's like, you know what? Here's a match. Here's 10 of them. They're literally on fire, you guys. Uh, right after the break, we're going to talk more about what Russia's doing on this front. Uh, what is really happening um, right now politically um, on a global scale? And then we'll hit our local because this week is going to be insane. I mean, everyone's like Maria Baratomo said, doesn't matter what she said. I told you in August that we're getting the IG FISA report in October. I already told you three weeks ago the date it is coming. It is coming on the cusp of one of the biggest sieges of Los Angeles and New York. And you know, in New York, they're going to get Fifth Avenue. That's where they're going to hit Fifth Avenue. And it's like, it's almost as if it was foreseen. It's so incredible. I'll see you all in um, just a bit after this break from our sponsors. See you then. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So this is the second hour of the Tory Says Show. And for some reason, the time has gone really, really fast. And I feel like I haven't even talked about what I wanted to talk about today. And it's going to be like this until trick or treat. We've got Brexit approaching. We've got Turkey pulling, the, showing their teeth and showing the world what we've been talking about on the Tory Says Show for like almost a year. And President Trump knew this. You know, he he knew this. We've got the mainstream media collapsing. They're literally imploding. And the thing is, we have people there. I don't think they realize that we have people there, kind of like how Adam Schiff had no idea, no idea that the people that he subpoenaed were arrested. And I totally love this spin. Totally love this spin. Yeah, so... Isn't it great that even though these two Americans that may have, you know, worked with Pete Sessions to get Marie Yovanovitch removed because she's corrupt AF, right? She is totally corrupt. 
uh, you know, we had no problem indicting them. It, it's not about the president. It's not about politics. It's about just. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a really great day because we've destroyed the mainstream media on the heels of what is to be the most important report that's being dropped. Nobody knows where Obama is. Nobody knows where Hunter Biden is. And my sources tell me a company that he worked with is a company that we have banned doing business with. Now, I'm waiting for confirmation. We're going to talk about that later. I want to just focus on Syria just a little bit more because you're going to get the real story here. So, well, you've had the real story for a while, right? So we know that Turkey is just trying to get that portion of Syria. They want oil. You saw they were like, oh, it's just desert. It's not just desert, okay? Oh, it's just water, not just water. So here we have, you know, uh, the Europeans now having to take a position, And they don't know what to do. They really do not know what to do. They have no idea. Do they, you know, bite the hand that warms them and powers them? They can't. So take a listen to Fox actually reporting what we knew was going to happen. In Syria, the president ordering all U.S. troops out of the area, about 1,000, according to Defense Secretary Mark Esper. This comes as Turkey presses forward with its offensive against Kurdish fighters amid fears of a mass slaughter of our Kurdish allies and civilians. And now Syrian officials are saying that in the wake of that assault, hundreds of ISIS prisoners have escaped. Trey Yankst, live in Jerusalem with more. Trey? Arthel, good afternoon. Major developments this weekend in northern Syria as Turkey does continue its advance on Kurdish forces. We are getting some breaking news in just now about a deal that has been brokered with the Assad regime. Those Kurdish forces are going to partner with the Syrian regime of Bashar. We knew about that months ago, didn't we? Okay. Al-Assad, this was brokered by the Russians and all in an effort. Wait, what? The Russians brokered the deal? So the Russians were like, listen, Assad. You and the Kurds need to work together. Here's where they made the deal. You can get that portion of land. We'll all fight and get them out. Turkey needs to stop. And then once that happens, we'll push into the southern border to that area that you own that flanks the the southwest region of Turkey right below the territory that was owned by once, as we know, Greece. And we'll fix that. We'll just all fight together. And this was Russia saying, don't worry. I redistribute the land. I'm strong like ox. This is where it's happening. New borders being drawn, guys. New borders. Effort to try to push back against this Turkish invasion. Here's what we know so far about the deal. It is going to allow Assad forces, these are Syrian government forces, to take control of the entirety of the border between Turkey and Syria. This will effectively ensure that U.S. troops cannot return, something that has been the goal of both the Russians and Syrians over the past two years. While the U.S. takes a hands-off approach to the... What? Oh, so that the U.S. troops don't return? Please stop with your fake news. Stop. It's not the U.S. They want to push Turkey back. They want Turkey to go back to where they came from. They need to get out. The Russians were were straight with Turkey. You heard Erdogan. No one's going to tell us what to do. We are on our path. He said that before. Remember? Remember when he bought the missiles from Russia? So dumb. So dumb the developments, there is new evidence this weekend of civilians being targeted 
war crimes being committed by Turkish-backed rebels, and ISIS fighters escaping prisons. President Trump tweeted multiple times this morning about the situation, saying he is dealing with Congress about imposing sanctions on Turkey. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan claims that more than 20 Kurdish villages have been taken over by his forces. He added that Turkey will advance around 20 miles into Syria to help maintain the country's territorial integrity. We will divide a terror corridor of 480 kilometers down the middle. We will advance 30 to 35 kilometers into territory suitable to the safe zone map as we declared before. As Turkish airstrikes continued to bombard Kurdish towns over the past few days, U.S. forces actually came under Turkish fire. No American soldiers were injured, but the group had to withdraw from their position. As these bombings take place, the Syrian Democratic Forces say ISIS fighters and family members have escaped a camp and a prison in Syria that were hit with Turkish shellings. And today, at least 40 civilian casualties are being reported since the beginning of the operation on the Syrian side, as well as 18 on the Turkish side. The United Nations says 100,000 Syrians have fled amid this new round of violence since it began just last week. To give you an idea of the situation on the ground, today we are getting reports that Turkish forces and Turkish-backed rebels have taken over some key roads in this region. In one instance, a prominent Kurdish politician was reportedly dragged out of her car and executed on the spot. The worst of humanity is unfolding today in Syria, as President Trump tweets, Congress considers sanctions that wouldn't be put into place until a later date, and the world watches. It's so incredible, though, that the Turkish people used to drag people out of their cars, rip children from the arms of the parents and execute them, or put them on ice so they could take their organs and then dump them into the Mediterranean. But now everyone's all up, their arms are all up, oh my gosh, what they're doing to the Kurds. They've been doing it for years. 2015, you guys, all you have to do is look at all those bodies that washed up on the shore of Greece. Thousands of bodies washed up and they had all empty cavities. Empty cavities. No hearts, no intestines, no lungs, no livers, no pancreas. They were all emptied. All at the hands of the Turks. But, you know, now, you know, they're our ally. They're in NATO. (laughs) They were placed in NATO for a reason because they thought that they could keep them on a leash. Again, Turkey, just like China. China is communist. Turkey is more religious ideology, insanity driven. China, at least, you know, they're transparent. We're communists and period. And that's cool. Okay. You could work with someone, you know, you know, as long as you know what their intentions are, you could totally work with them. Turkey, you don't have the, you can't know their intentions. You don't know their intentions. Their intentions are simply fiery, simply on the spur and filled with hate and anger and lust for power. This is why their Muslim brothers and sisters call them fanatics. Qatar is also one of them. Arthel? Trey, let me confirm. So you're saying that Kurdish forces are combining with Assad government forces, but not, uh, this is to the exclusion of U.S.-backed Kurds. So what we are going to see is a lot of these Kurdish forces who were previously backed by the United States taking over towns that U.S. special forces actually fought alongside these Kurds to take back from the Islamic State. Those Kurdish forces in northeastern Syria are now going to work with the Russians and the regime of Bashar al-Assad. This is a major development because this is exactly what Russian President Vladimir Putin has been trying to do in Syria over a very long period of time. Wait, are you saying that... 
Putin wanted peace and he didn't want like destruction and genocide and he wanted people to take accountability for the terrorist. I thought Putin was the bad guy. I thought he's the one that lusted for blood and world domination. No, seems like he's the one with the common sense and more so that common sense, of course, is driven by motivation. What is his motivation? He's got the only naval base in the Mediterranean on Syrian territory, right south southwest of Idlib, which is what Turkey wants. Turkey wants Idlib so bad it can taste it. That's why they've sectioned themselves with what that other guy said was Turkey allies and some jihadi groups. (laughs) He totally nonchalantly threw that in there. Like, yeah, and jihadi groups. Because the jihadi groups are totally normal, totally nice guys. Uh, You know, they're the ones that we should trust. Come on, man. Like, seriously, though. That's the thing. Seriously. It's like super bad. Now, uh, the full video of uh, the CNN expose is up. Uh, I think we should visit that uh, right after we finish up here with, um, with Syria. Uh, because it's, it's, it's pretty incredible because this will help us roll into our domestic talks. And, you know, I know a lot of people talk about Biden, uh, you know, and his son, but, uh, what we need to talk about is also about Chelsea Clinton because she's going to be coming into the forefront real soon. Uh, so. Here we have Russia brokering this deal, him putting her in her place. She was like, oh, so you're just saying the curse, not the U.S. back ones. Uh, no, the U.S. back ones. That's what Putin wanted in the first place because this is how they fix it. And she's like, oh, oh, that's not the answer I wanted. Ultimately get U.S. forces out of the region and then help the Assad regime regain control of this area. What this is going to do is basically uh, vanish the entire Kurdish portion of Syria. They had previously been uh, almost a sovereign part of Syria, allowing them to operate within their own governance uh, and the such. But what we are seeing moving forward with this deal that is being brokered with the help of the Russian government is the regime of Bashar al-Assad, which has previously fought many of these Kurdish forces. They're going to be combining and pushing back against uh, this Turkish invasion. Listen. Let's be realistic. So now he's telling you, oh, the Kurdish people are going to totally lose their land. Russia's brokering this and they're going to lose their land. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Kurds would just say, oh, we don't want to fight for our land. We'll just give up to Assad. Listen to what he says. Trying to secure the border between Syria and Turkey. New development. Russian President Vladimir Putin has been trying to do in Syria over a very long period of time, ultimately get U.S. forces out of the region and then help the Assad regime regain control. of. Listen to what he says. Just pay attention to what fake news he's telling you. This area, what this is going to do is basically uh, vanish the entire Kurdish portion of Syria. They had. So the Kurds have been fighting this war for thousands of years, these tribal wars, and they're going to forfeit their right to a nation because they want to get rid of Turkey. Yes, Turkey has committed atrocities. So has the Iraqis against them. So have the Iranians. So had the Syrians. But when you're saying broker to deal, like what's the deal? Yeah, help us get them out. And then what do they get? Oh, you don't get any land? Come on, guys. Who's buying this? Are you buying this? I'm not buying this. I am not buying this. Tribal uh, tensions are you know, irrational sometimes. There is no way, no way ever, 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 ever that the Kurds would be like, yeah, we're totally fine with that. We don't, 
<laughs> we don't need land. What did President Trump say? What did Secretary Pompeo say? They're fighting for their land. And I am telling you that Turkey brokered this deal. They've got their border. Do not listen to fake news. They are giving you fake news. See, they give you the objective. They give you the the raw news, but then they slide in things like anti-hottie groups on the side or, yeah, they're totally not. Listen. Had previously been uh, almost a sovereign part of Syria, allowing them to operate within their own governance uh, and the such. But what we are seeing moving forward with this deal that is being brokered with the help of the Russian government is the regime of Bashar al-Assad, which has previously fought many of these Kurdish forces. They're going to be combining and pushing back against uh, this Turkish invasion. So he's saying they're no longer going to be sovereign. They're not going to have any land. But they're working with Assad that fought them before to push back on Turkey. Come on, man. They really think that American people are stupid. But, you know, the way that they put it out there all eloquently and in a nice flow, it totally makes sense <laughs> in their minds. <laughs> kind of like it makes sense for Jake Tabber to, you know, uh, you know, say things in his mind. That's the thing. They don't get it. They're done. You know, and a lot of people are like, Fox News changed. They never changed. They were always the the the, the turncoats, kind of like the McCain's. Fox News was like the McCain's of the Republican Party, right? The Paul Ryan's of the Republican Party, the Vice President Pence of the Republican Party. The ones that are like, yeah, we're totally conservative. Not but we're like throwing the jabs and verifying and going by what they say. And like I said, the mainstream media tells you news, tells you news that um, everybody else is saying. You can never go, you know, time and tested, right? Time tested. If a lot of people say it, it has to be true. So this is what they're doing to you. Now, um, having said that, the Syrian conflict is going to be very interesting to see next week, well, later on this week, what Europe's going to do and NATO. Now, moving on to our domestic, because we've got a lot to do on the domestic side. Aside from the fake news um, that we are battling, we have to remember that, you know, we have the Democrats withholding things that are being said in the hearings. Uh, President Trump made it clear we will be impeaching the swamp. We are removing the henchmen of this globalist elite group as we speak. And people do not like it at all. They are really upset. How dare you, Trump? How dare you do this? Listen to the start of his little speech that he had um, at the Family Research Council. Many of you this weekend have said we should pray for the president. And we do pray for the president. And I've asked the president if we can pray for him tonight. And I'm going to ask Andrew to pray for President Trump. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please. Father God, I ask now for an impartation of your Holy Spirit. May the fullness of the Spirit of Jesus rest upon President Trump, that he be anointed with wisdom and understanding with your counsel and might, with knowledge and fear of the Lord. And accordingly, may President Trump not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, or lean on his own understanding, but may he recognize your prompting and move according to your guidance. 
I ask that you give the president supernatural discernment to know who is trustworthy and who is not. Bring into the light all deception and intrigue. Expose and reverse the plans of those who would harm President Trump and this nation. In the name of Jesus, I break off all voices and influence that do not come from you, Father God. May your truth and peace surround and reign in the White House. God, you have raised up President Trump to govern at a time when there is a resurgence of oppression. Only you, Lord Jesus Christ, can anoint him to have victories over strongholds and to establish justice for the needy. Give him strength and courage to persevere in the constant battle that surrounds him and refresh him. Father God, I see that you have such a tender heart for President Trump. Draw him close to you. I ask now for an impartation of hunger for you so that he may love you with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength and delight in knowing you. And if he came and whispered in your name, may he go forward shouting your name. In Jesus' name, in the name of my King, I bless you. Amen. And that, my friends, is how things are done. With faith in a higher power, with faith and understanding that we will be held accountable for everything we do, with faith in the foundations of family, with faith in the foundations of what it really means to be righteous. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be a sinner. God forbid that I say I'm not a sinner. I am like the worst. I have, and I have no qualms of saying it. I have been super promiscuous. I have done tons of drugs in my life. Uh, Never an addict, you know, recreationally. Okay, let's just get that straight. I, I guess because I had my head on my shoulders, right? You know, when I tried all this stuff. Um, I have uh, lied. I have cheated. I have stolen. Guys, uh, okay, so I'm going to take this back. Uh, it was a, uh, I'm going to take you back in time uh, because I always give the example of a lipstick, right? Wet and wild, okay? Totally wanted this purple lipstick so bad that I actually went to this thing called Wallbounds uh, that was in, um, in Queens and I literally like took it, opened it, put lipstick on and walked out with it. Now I can tell you that the person that told me off for doing it was not a security person. They saw me. It was a nun guys. I wanted to hide so bad because it's as if God has it had his eyes on me. And I was like, great. Out of all the people, a nun's coming to get her prescription. She sees me putting on the lipstick, you know, as a, you know, 13 year old, I was trying to be cool because I was such a nerd. And, and, you know, my mom would never let me have makeup. And out of all the people I walk out and I'm standing outside waiting for my dad to pick me up because I told him that I was going to go get, which I did something for, um, a to- you know, for the Nintendo thing that I wanted, like these sticker things, because I was a big game gamer back then too. Um, I was standing outside waiting for him and she said, this is no good. I paid for your lipstick. You know, this is not you. This is not, you know, for me, that was like, um, he saw that (laughs) because out of all the people, it was a nun. So that's why I always say a lipstick. Everyone's done something. And it is those people that own it and say it and are, 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 are not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I mean, we all make mistakes. This man, this president has made tons of mistakes, but he always had his shoulders on right. And this is why he is the perfect 
person to stand up for us because he is Teflon Don, okay? Because he, like many of us out there, wears his mistakes, his mishaps, his sins, everything on his chest like a bulletproof vest. And that is the only way we can come forward and not fear anything. Not fear anything. I mean, he loved women. He always does. Like, he does. And that's okay. You know, he uh, hates being addicted to things. Doesn't like alcohol. Doesn't like cigarettes. You know, I have an addiction. I think that's the way I deal with my stress, um, which is bad because it's still an addiction. But he is the perfect person right now. And you know why? Because God loves sinners. He doesn't like good people. He loves sinners. He opens up his arms and says, come to me. You are the one. Remember that story, the prodigal son, where, you know, there's the son there. He's tending to the flock. He's doing all this stuff and it's all like great. And he's working for the family. Yet his brother like went out, hoard, left, left, you know, the house, you know, became broke, squandered all his money and came back with like holes in his socks per se. He didn't, but you know what I mean? And he came back all ratchety and the father totally ignored, you know, the good son, right? The one that's like, Oh, I'm so good. I did everything right. And the father's like, we're going to slay the, the fattest lamb and we're going to have a feast because my son is home. That is, that is what, uh, redeeming your soul is understanding that one mistake and then him opening up his arms and bringing you to him good only occurs after the fact of evil and and people can say what no and it always triumphs because evil is there how do you know what's good because it triumphs it all the time it uses it against itself So I I want you guys to remember that going forward because this is going to be the wildest ride until the elections. You know, the battle of the 2016 elections was something the deep state evil cabal, the globalist elitist, thought they had in the bag because it was a battle for them. It was nothing, right? And like Zuck said, we created the monster. Well, the bottom line is, that was a war and they didn't see it. But now they're coming with guns a-blazing for 2020. They will do anything to make sure that they take the 2020 seats. And everything they're doing, their Uzis being fired blindly across you know, the nation with hate, with disgusting rhetoric, with censorship, it's only going to ricochet back at them. And they are realizing that. So I want you guys to have faith. You may not be Christian. You may be anything. If you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're Muslim, whatever it is, you believe in a higher power. Believe that good always triumphs. Don't believe what the devil tells you, which is no good deed goes unpunished. Your good deeds, whenever you get punished, are because they want you to stop Evil wants you to stop what you're doing. So all they do is throw roadblocks at you. They will, you'll have a car accident, you know, get a divorce, you lose your house, you get sick, you lose money. Those, the only time that evil fights you is when you're doing good. This is what they've been doing to the president in the front. Like you could see it, front lines. He's doing good, they attack him with mud. 
He's creating a great economy. They attack him with BS, like collusion, corruption, everything they're doing. After the break, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden. We're going to talk about Chelsea Clinton because she is going to be coming to the forefront. You know, um, I'm actually putting together a piece about the Daily Beast. Did you know that the Clintons kind of own that? The Clintons own the Daily Beast after this break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So uh, I thought that maybe we can start just a little bit, playing a little bit of this part one, Project Veritas, uh, so that way you can understand how this aligns with Hunter Biden and Chelsea Clinton. That's going to be coming to the forefront soon. Scott! This is the story. I know we're going to have to go to Let's start the uh, anti-Trump. CNN employee says they sold their souls to the devil. It's sad. Uh, man, what was it like the morning after this past election? But that day, like, man, just at 6 a.m. in the morning when I came in, like, the mood was just so sour for us the whole day. It was a f***ing dreary day. I bet at Fox it was, like, euphoria. CNN likes to call itself the most trusted name in news, but that's not the story we heard from a CNN insider who blew the whistle, recorded everything, and came to Project Veritas earlier this year. Would it be fair to say that 
you being here today is is it is it's not politically motivated? That's correct. I it's not politics that motivates me. It's basically me wanting the news to be what they used to be, news, and not a um, infotainment or a game show or chasing the ratings like get like CNN purports it to be facts first, and that's clearly not the case. Kerry Porch has worked for CNN for two years. He says when he started, he had high hopes for the job. But he quickly became disillusioned as he was exposed to rampant anti-Trump bias at the network. I noticed after, again, this is fairly rapidly after I started, within the first three to six months, that there was a strong groupthink that permeated through the halls and that everyone was on board the, you know, I hate Trump train or I want to, you know, basically go after anyone, you know, on the center or on the right politically. Porch secretly recorded several of CNN's 9 a.m. morning editorial calls where CNN's president, Jeff Zucker, leads the anti-Trump charge. We're moving towards uh, 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 impeachment. I mean, don't, like, you know, we shouldn't pretend, oh, this is going one way, and, and so all these moves uh, are moves towards uh, impeachment that aspect of Trump, or most recently, it's just all about impeachment, 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 impeachment. On the calls are the top leadership of the network, Zucker, CNN's president, Virginia Mosley, CNN's senior vice president of news gathering. There's a um, second whistleblower, um, and that this now fortifies the complaint. And David Chalian, vice president and CNN political director. I, I think as big of a story as what President Trump has done here is the Republicans sort of either delusional or defiant or silent responses. I think it's as big a story uh, in, in what is going on. On the calls to executive producers and news staffers across the country, it is clear that Zucker wants his network to stay focused on impeachment and nothing else. Guns will be the central topic in the 2020 Democratic yeah. nomination race today. Uh, the Giffords pack has paired up with MSNBC. They've got a Impeachment stuff, there's new developments every day, more shoes drop, and it's like, there's just nothing we can do. If Zucker wants impeachment every single day to be the top story. So, yeah, he wants impeachment. So, above all else, I'm Above all else. You know, I totally understand that most, if not all, the people I work with will never want to speak to me again or possibly have, you know, negative motivations after the fact. Like, I get that, I get where they're coming from. But I always respect the people that I worked with. They were amazing at their job, and many of them felt the same way. They just felt trapped that they couldn't say it. Nick Neville is a media coordinator in CNN's Washington bureau. He says not everyone at the network agrees with Zucker's anti-Trump agenda. Yeah, because what's difficult is like we have some conflicting um, things at play here. Like there's a lot of people who are out here trying to like just do what they think is like the best of journalistic integrity, and then you get on the 9 a.m. call and Big Boss Jeff Zucker tells you what to do, and it's like you have to like. To a certain extent, you have to follow his verdict. Yeah, you got to go with the 
it's downhill, so you got to go with, with, with the boss there. Yeah. And he's not a uh, well, he's big. Uh, he, I mean, he's he's like had an ongoing feud with Trump. It's no surprise. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Had an ongoing feud with Trump since The Apprentice. In 2004, Jeff Zucker was one of the executive producers at NBC Entertainment that greenlighted and produced The Apprentice, a show that turned Donald Trump from real estate tycoon to a mega star. Many say the shows and Trump's success helped Zucker rise to the top at NBC. And then, according to Neville and others, Zucker, as the president of CNN, helped Trump become the mega candidate. He's known Trump for a long time. Like, they worked together back during The Apprentice. And hates his guts. I hate everything, how everything is, like, all Trump all the time now. Everyone everyone at the network complains about it. They, They hate covering Trump every day. Just surprised CNN has been able to take down Trump yet. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, I was like, I mean, I mean, I feel like they're trying, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, what could they do more? I mean, other than what they've been doing. Yeah. yeah. But to a certain extent, CNN created uh, created Trump's celebrity. Like, created this whole like. Not his celebrity, but created his candidacy, made him legitimate because they they felt like they needed to show everything that he did from the beginning. So like Jeff Zucker can't really complain. Like he kind of put this in action. And why would they do that? Though, truly, I don't get it. Ratings, yeah. and then that's sometimes what I what I struggle with. Like a lot of the decisions, I guess all media companies make, but it's like. You know, they're out to make a profit, so when people criticize, you know, the media, to a certain extent, some of the criticism is accurate because it can't totally be, um, like, completely for the objectives that you're seeking. Like, you know, I totally want to do just, like, the truth, like the dogged reporting. But then you have higher-up executives like Zucker and other people who are, who are saying, well, we got to make profit, so you end up with things like... I don't know if you heard this, but this week they had, like, a f-ing game show <laughs> to, like, decide what dates there was going to be this debate. So it's like they pulled names out of a hat. It's like we're watching the game show network. So it turns into, like, <laughs> certain things that you do are trying to just attract <laughs> viewers, and it becomes kind of a comedy show. It is a comedy show. Now, Here's the thing, what the floor manager, I fast forward through it, says it's it's incredible because I think his words um, say things that just, I was just like, what? Listen. I really wanted to look with Warren to this day. I don't even really know what's going because they were there like this and they were sobbing. So then I, then I went into take a drive. It was like I was after Sorry? It was like you was at a funeral. Oh, at a funeral? Yes. I mean, I was people were like in shock. I would say they were in mourning. Let's say people were in shock. Do you think the people at CNN thought that uh, Trump was going to win the election? Nobody thought Trump was going to win, my, myself included. But that day, like, man, just at 6 a.m. in the morning when I came in, everyone was silent. Nobody wanted to talk. I, was, I just came in. I was like, oh, hi. And like, like, the mood was just so sour post the whole day. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. I imagine. That was a dreary day inside of CNN. It was a f- dreary day. I bet at Fox it was, like, euphoria. Oh, yeah, popping champagne. <laughs> yeah. 
the racism, we're coming back. Yeah. Assuming at that point, too, it was like, all right, well, let's put our heads together and see how to fix this somehow, or, you know, <laughs> let's start the... Uh, anti-Trump crusade. Yeah, let's start the anti-Trump crusade. <laughs> this is why Kerry Porch became a Project Veritas insider. He saw CNN's anti-Trump crusade was about more than ratings. It was about taking sides. I think what's going on in America now is really fundamentally uh, the result of years uh, of uh, fake news, conspiracy, uh, nonsense from fake According to Porch and others, the anti-Trump crusade at CNN is personal. <laughs> Which guys like hate Trump? Cooper's got it. Cooper hates him. I mean, Cooper like Don Lemon hates him. I mean, Don Lemon like <laughs> he's like uh, Tapper. Yeah, he doesn't like him either. Well, Dick Tapper, Dick Tapper. Cuomo doesn't like him. Hannity is like extremely conservative. He lets you know. However, Don Lemon comes on. He makes you think he's objective news. I'm not trying to bash CNN. Dude, I, what, it's whatever, man. But he makes you think he's objective news, but he's blatantly opinionated, all right? So either disclose where you're coming from or get someone who's a little bit more objective. Take the mantle as we all have, you know? I mean, the Facebook uh, insider inspired me. My goal with this, aside from getting CNN to return to what its, great, its old greatness, is to inspire literally the dozens of people I've had this same conversation with, not only at CNN, but at different outlets. People are always asking me, what can I do? It's probably the most frequent question that I get asked. It's maybe one of the most important questions. Do something brave and say it. That's what you need to do. You need to do something brave and say it. Point it out. Put it out there. Let the people know. And, you know, it was a brave person that told me that they used a clip from YouTube to create the Syria montage. It was a great person that told me last night and I saw it crack. Like I had this working in the wee hours of the morning because I don't use my regular texts. But usually in the evening when I'm laying in bed, I'll go through like my proton mail or, you know, my other security mail where people drop me information and boom, I was like, what? This is like, we're talking midnight witching hour kind of thing. And I'm like feverishly like putting it together and I'm like, okay, I need to bang this out. So I dictate it real quick and I'm like, first thing in the morning, that's what I'm going to do. And I submitted it to my editor and had it up the minute I got back from taking my daughter to school because it was important for people to see because that person who works at ABC was brave. I'm surprised they didn't send it to Project Veritas. Maybe they thought that it would like sit on the back burner and it was more important to put it out. I mean, you know, but this happens everywhere. They're not impartial. They tell you they put facts first. They don't. They won't talk about Hunter Biden. They won't talk about Chelsea Clinton, speaking of which. I mean, Hunter Biden used his position to be on the board of these big global, global companies. But it's not just him. We have Chelsea Clinton, too. You guys... Chelsea Clinton has been on the board. She was actually part of NBC. You know that, right? She actually received like $600,000 to be part of NBC back in the day. Uh, she She's a board member of um, IAC, 
which is like one of these biggest uh, internet companies. So that here's where it's scary. So when you sign up for OKCupid, Match.com, and all these things, the Clintons have access to all your information, all your personal information. And you have to think, what about those companies where you're most vulnerable checking out to find a partner and you have people like the Clintons sitting on the board, right? She sits on the board and gets paid $300,000 to attend six meetings a year. And you know who owns, who, 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 who is part of that company? Daily Beast. No wonder they're so insane to cover for the Clintons, to cover for the left, because that's what they do. Think about it. Chelsea Clinton also got a job. We're talking like, you know, back in the day with Expedia, right? So she's on the board of that too. I mean, it's pretty crazy. They've given them stock, stock, stock. This chick's got millions of dollars in stock. Millions, $6.7 million in stock she has from IAC and Expedia. She owns these companies. The Daily Beast should be, (laughs) is the Hiller Beast, you know, paper. That's basically what it is. If you start seeing where these people sit, you'll understand where the news coming from. I mean, guys, we're talking, uh, she's, she's what? She was 30, 32? When she got on the board uh, of IAC, I mean, you know, they own things like dictionary.com. Then we wonder about definitions, right? About.com, Vimeo, Investopedia, <laughs> Daily Beast. And she sits on all these boards for nonprofits like the School of American Ballet. Come on, man. What does she have to contribute to ballet? Come on, let's be serious. What does she have to offer? Except for what? her parents' political position, and her Rolodex. That's all she can offer. The African Center, uh, okay. Uh, Cornell Medical College, right? You got an in with, uh, you know, the Clintons, you definitely can go to, you know, Will Cornell Medical College. Uh, Clinton Foundation, of course. Clinton Health Access Initiative. Uh, uh, she's also the co-chair for NYU's um uh, for many of NYU's different little institutes. I mean, who is she? Who is Chelsea Clinton? Obviously, she's not Bill Clinton's daughter. Definitely Hillabeast's daughter, right? But think about it. She joins the board of directors of IAC at the age of 31. 31. And they house over 50 internet brands. 50 internet brands that have a lot of exclusive private information. She gets $250,000 in stock, right, uh, is, you know, annually, plus $50,000 a year retainer. All she has to do is show up. I mean, think about it. Then we talk about Hunter Biden. We could talk about, you know, the Pelosi son. We talk about Romney's son. We could talk about John Kerry's daughter being married off to Iran. I mean, can't you see this? This is the Game of Thrones. I mean, back in the days, Queen Isabella would marry, <laughs> they would marry off to the Brits and to the Germans and to the, to, to the Dutch. They would intermarry for alliances. This is exactly what it is. Only thing is, it's not about countries anymore because there wasn't supposed to be any countries anymore. That's the long game. In the end, it would have just been corporate governance under one nation. That's the goal. That was the long goal. And this is what they were creating. This is Game of Thrones. 
They're marrying each other off. They're putting them on boards. They're doing all these things. This is the Game of Thrones. Because in, in, if Hillary was president, right? Thank God she isn't. The United States, as you know it, today wouldn't exist. The North American Union would have already become. And they were talking about the North American Union before the year 2000. Before 9-11 even happened. That was the plan. We make the North American Union. We then merge with the EU. We become one big nation. We've already, we own Africa, so we'll just bring them in. And then we'll create like those, you know, uh, those, uh, what is, gosh darn it. It's at the tip of my tongue. Um, I don't want to do the whistle sound. Uh, where they had like sectors working on things. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm forgetting the name of the the movie. And that's how it would be. It would be one nation and they'd be in sector one, which is where the elites are with the really funky hair color and the really creepy lipstick that only does like half the lip. Come on, guys, the movie, come on. It's going to come to me. So that was the whole plan. And then in the end, only corporations would own and they're all part of it. These corporations are your new kingdoms. This is why they are so adamant about pushing it forward. And what President Trump is doing is reinforcing the notion of corporate companies are not nations. Nations are nations. History makes a nation. Culture makes a nation. Your people make a nation, not executives that sit somewhere make a nation. This was the goal. You know, we sit there and we, and we talk about these things. Hunter's being hunted now, isn't he? And it's not just him because you're going to see Chelsea Clinton rolling out to the forefront super quick, like for Christmas, like hogtied. So they're selling their positions. No, it's quid pro quo. It's Game of Thrones. It's like I'll marry off my second cousin of this Dutch, you know, royal family to your, you know, really crappy looking, you know, second in line to be prince so we can have an alliance. It's kind of like I put my kid on your board and through your board you get access to Africa because we own Africa. This is how it works. This is the real plan. To make every man, woman, and child their slave voluntarily. You will accept it, you will enjoy it, and you will appreciate it because this is how your life is better. Could you imagine if it was a Hillary regime right now? First of all, I would probably not be living in the United States. Definitely not. I would have left super quick. I would probably have chosen Venezuela over being in the United States when it flips over to the NAU. Um, Actually, no, it's Argentina. I really like Argentina. And, you know, Venezuela is like so messed up. See, you know, we have a lot of people talk about Venezuela. You know, when you're in Venezuela, people there survive on $6 a month. But if you actually have U.S. dollars and you visit Venezuela, you can't get an exchange rate. Your money is literally worthless, even though... They live on $6 a month. They will give you an insane rate just because they don't want you in there. The politics is just crazy. Anyway, what you need to understand is what you're seeing unfold, aside from the fact of evil literally chasing their tail, aside from the fact that they are being gutted, like he said, we are impeaching the swamp. They're doing it all by themselves. 
because they had no idea what kind of army he has behind him. They had no idea how many people out there like you and I would be there to call them out and put their feet to the fire. No idea. And God bless the Trump administration because I believe that he is protecting every single one of us. Every single one of us is being protected because he knows. He knows and sees all because he has a lot of people that look over a lot of people and make sure that the right people are at the right place at the right time saying the right things. This week is going to be so insane. And again, Saturday, Fifth Avenue, we got Los Angeles. Big problems with this Antifa rally. You know, I told you about them being, you know, violent. And now everyone's like, oh, they've been training with ISIS fighters and stuff. It's going to be really bad. They're really ramping up. And, you know, at the rally in Minnesota, it was nothing. And you know what surprises me? Ilhan Omar was in freaking Africa. That means she left that day before and with jet lag and everything went straight to Minnesota to be at the rally. Like, you know, after she traveled, I mean, how did she travel? Did she get a direct flight? Jeez, you can't get here that fast. You got to connect at least three times. Unless she went from there, from Morocco to London, and then London, Minneapolis direct, you know, I'm going to wait and see her office to provide me that information. They have to give me that travel information. They have to provide me that information because it is their obligation because I'm a taxpayer. And if my taxes have been used to pay for her gallivanting in Africa, I want to know where she stayed, who she traveled with, what flight she took, who was her driver, everything. I want to know everything because I have the right to know everything, right? We all have the right to know everything. So, she appeared at this rally. A bunch of other people were there. Her daughter was there. And they were swaying signs like F Trump. And they were inciting violence. I've told you before, people that come from nations that disregard life will never have any regard for life as it is. Ever. Never for the rule of law. And most definitely never for the right to life. And that is something we all need to um, understand very, very well. Chelsea Clinton is on all these boards. These boards are going to be coming under the spotlight pretty soon. I'm saying like around Christmas time, this is going to be pretty big. Now, tomorrow, um, we're going to talk about England. And on that note, you know, I forgot to tweet it out. But something happened with Assange uh, over the weekend. Um, which was very interesting. And I'm still kind of plowing through files and um, memos. But there was a visit to Assange. Something has come up. Something is coming to the forefront. It's going to be pretty important on that um, front in regards to information. We have a lot going on. I heard that Adam Schiff's house was raided in California. Now, this came from a very uh, good source, but I don't know 
if that was correct because I ha- he hasn't been able to provide me evidence. Um, and I've put feelers out and haven't received a response. But you know, the question is, which one of his residencies, um, residences were raided and what did they take is a very good question. I think they understand that now that we have eyes everywhere. I hope that ABC realized we have eyes everywhere. You know, it was great how, um, you know, a lot of people must have been, uh, I saw that the Polish Patriot uh, tweeted the video a couple hours, well, about, yeah, about an hour before uh, I published my article. And I'm like, so that person told someone or did he have another source? That makes me happy. You know, I don't know if my source shared it, but that makes me really happy that we have people within these organizations that are fighting for their country. And you know what also is awesome is that I think now the mainstream media is realizing that their own people don't agree with what they're doing. And even if they try to redeem themselves like that uh, whistleblower from CNN who worked as a contractor, um, you know, and he came out and he's a pretty clean as a whistle dude. So CNN can't even attack him. He just wants them to go back to their glory days. But unfortunately, it's the glory days of when we didn't know what they were doing. We didn't know what they were doing. and We thought they were the glory days. They were never the glory days. It was always like this. It's just that now we see it. We have come to some awakening of understanding. Wow. This month is going to be incredible. So incredible that I may be motivated to go trick-or-treating myself. I don't know what I'm going to dress up as, though. On that note, I'm going to bid all of you a fabulous evening, and I will see you here tomorrow, same time, same place, 12 to 2 on Red State Talk Radio. Talk to you then. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to their necks.